Yes, indeed. You missed Sophie and the Broken Things, y'all. It's Twyla Twang on the Women's Show. And we, oh, I'm so excited for this interview. You have no idea. Uh, let me tell you about uh, Sophie and the Broken Things, what you just heard. We start off at the top of the hour with uh, Heavy Metal from Delusion to Grandeur, new CD put out in February. And then t- Chicken, yeah, Kicking Stereos after that uh, from an EP, eponymous EP uh, of 2020. Hello. And then uh, Far Away, we just closed out with. And uh, let's check our levels for Miss Sophie. All right, we'll try this again. Miss Sophie, oh, can you hear are. me? Yeah, I-, I can hear you a lot louder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Thank you for your patience, son. <laughs> um, and a little teamwork here. We made it happen. And let me get that stopped. And uh, <laughs> as I was saying, we did start with uh, Sophie. We, we played your... Uh, <laughs> heavy metal and then kicking stereos from uh, the 2020 release and then far away and i first of all let's just welcome you and see how you're doing ah thank you for having me twyla yeah i'm doing good have the morning off and uh enjoying the nice weather out here you got some nice weather too awesome uh, well you know yeah. i've been looking forward to this for months and i'm so excited and Thank you, Phil, oh, awesome. and our little team here that made that, put that together. Um, of course, we're going to go in depth about Delusions of Grandeur, which, in my opinion, is so far the best album of 2022. Uh, oh, thank you so much. That means so much to hear. Uh, it's, uh, and, and you, girl, you have no idea how much music I listen to. <laughs> and thank it you. just still just stands out so, so bright. Um, before we get into that, let's let's give our listeners a little... A little musical bio and background. Um, and I know you have a special musical bond with your dad. And I don't know, you had some really cool music listening in childhood. Let's tell us about that. Yeah. Um, my parents listen to a lot of different kinds of music. And, um, you know, I, I grew up as an only child. So my parents were like my friends, you know. So we had, I listened to what my friends listened to. And they listened to <laughs> Uh, Beggar's Banquet era Stones and um, actually my mom listened to a lot <laughs> she reminded me of this she would put on Barbara Streisand a lot when I was growing up I was ah. a big Barbara Streisand fan early on there was just all kinds of music in our house I mean Earth, Wind and Fire um, a lot of Joni Mitchell uh, just all kinds so that was lucky to have that uh, background growing up Certainly, and you uh, you have a, seems like a special relationship with the guitar. When did you pick up the guitar, and how is your uh, man? Your picker, and and uh, I've seen you do some blues stuff. And uh, tell us about your relationship with the guitar. Yeah, uh, so my dad plays guitar. He always played it around the house. So I think I kind of gravitated towards the guitar specifically because it was there was always one around the house, you know, and at like family parties and stuff like that. Um, there would be a, a group of like cousins, uncles, you know, relatives playing music mm-hmm. um, on the acoustic guitar, and I always thought, oh, that looks, it looks like they're having a lot of fun. I want to be able to do that too. And um, I was maybe like twelve um, when I seriously decided I wanted to do it. And um, yeah, the blues has always been a big um, influence, just because. Um, that's a lot of what my dad and I would play together, just like a 12-bar thing where mm-hmm. we would just jam. And then you start going back and looking at different 
like the Rolling Stones, for example, looking at their influences and, you know, of course, like people like Muddy Waters and Robert Johnson and all the blues people, Memphis Mini from way back. Right. And there's just a lot of information about it now out there because the Internet and stuff. So. Yep. Yes, that was, uh, well, you can definitely hear those influences. I know specifically, uh, well, I found out kind of through some of the uh, other mediums that I've caught you on, uh, the Stones. We have a mutual uh, affection for the Stones. and yeah. um <laughs> Big time. And, uh, you know, that whole rock, this is such a rockin' album with all those influences of blues, and I think that's what caught my attention. Yeah is the fusion of so many different influences into this new thing that's yours. It doesn't sound like anything else. I can hear, what was it? Uh, I made a note here. Um, it almost like there's a little bit of Stevie Winwood in uh, Golden Rule. Can't find my way back home a little bit. Right, can't find my way home. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Lord. And it's just like, well, just a, this is like, no, nah, not a sampling, not even a, just a, it's really just the air, you know, the vibe of kind of, and um, that is just such a cool sound to bring to Americana is, is the rock and roll aspect. And uh, one question I have to you about songwriting, because mm-hmm. uh, of my friends who have, we have been speaking of this great album and the, some of these lyrics, girl, where, so <laughs> do you the, like the line specifically, I got to ask about churches and bars. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's got you. But I got my, I got your records in my car. Uh, there's several other really cool lines, and I'm wondering in your process of songwriting, where where do those lines? I guess you probably don't know specifically. Like, well, like the the records in your in my car. At one point yeah. in songwriting, that come out. Well, that's it's kind of complicated and convoluted. There's no like direct. It didn't just come to me one day. I think I had written like the majority of the song and. Um, a lot of it will have to do with like, okay, I need something to fit the cadence here. I need something to rhyme here. Uh-huh. Um, and then you'll have an image in your head. And like, like I'm like growing up, my grandma listened to a lot of Patsy Cline. So, and I had just moved to Nashville. So there was like a nostalgic, like, oh, it would be cool to do a nod to Patsy Cline, you know, like a nod to my grandmother kind of thing. Certainly. And so everything combined, you know, it's, when you're writing a song, it's like really important to me. Um, I always, it, it has to have the right phrasing. It has to fit. Like when it comes out of your mouth, it needs to sound like a fit. You can't, you can't be like um, squeezing things, squeezing words in and stuff. That's very important to me. Yes. So um, it just has to be a combination of like the perfect combination of things going on. <laughs> so not one specific uh, linear, oh, I wrote the, this lyric and then I did that and then I did that it's right because lessons for me the music will have to come first to me to for it to make sense in my brain of what words are going to go there gotcha very cool your songwriting is uh and you've been at songwriting for a while too uh I know even the eponymous uh 2020 release was not your first release mm-hmm. correct yeah, yeah um yeah I've been songwriting for um I don't know, maybe 10 years now. Uh, it's a process, though. I wouldn't consider myself a very prolific writer at all. By Nash- Nashville standards, I'm, I'm like, you know, my writing is almost non-existent compared to other people. 
it just takes me a really long time to finish stuff because it'll be you know going around in my head it could be going around in my head for years or I'll be driving around changing phrasings in my head and stuff so I find the writing process to be really really difficult and it doesn't come naturally to me at all gotcha working well it works <laughs> it works your process works even if it's uh laborious yes it's I've, I've, so many of these songs I've just uh well I I think I mentioned that the difficulty in finding picking you know just a, a handful uh to showcase this morning um I also understand that uh, and I think this came from your uh gig in uh with the Gimme Country that you are uh you are a DJ yeah <laughs> Hillbilly I, Highway? I Is that what? Yeah, Hillbilly Highway. It was a it was a short lived DJ career in college. <laughs> there was a radio station called uh, Wony FM W O N Y out of uh, SUNY school where I went to college in Oneonta, New York. And yeah, there all the really nice time slots were like really hard to get. So I had like a five a.m. to seven a.m. slot, something <laughs> like that. Where I was like getting up like ridiculously early, and yeah, I it was a great experience because I learned so much about the type of music that I love, which is what I consider to be Americana, which is sort of like a hodgepodge of different types of music. Like mm-hmm. I, I played a lot of blues on there, played a lot of old country, a lot of newer stuff. Like I found out about Elizabeth Cook on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, she had just come out with Welder, the album Welder. Just a lot of really good music, and it was great doing research to do my, you know, my two-hour show every week. Very cool. That had to have been just oh, torturous <laughs> to five to seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's let's. How about we just jump into uh, Delusion of Grandeur? That's sure. really. Uh, how did that title come about? Um, it's kind of like a like a tongue-in-cheek kind of name that I kind of got. Uh, I asked Twan, uh, who co-produced and played bass on the record, I was like, what do you think about this title, Delusions of the Grand Journey? He's like, you know, I think it's like, I think it's pretty on the nose, and it's, it's a little bit funny. And it's also, <laughs> you know, it alludes to mental illness a little bit, which um, I, I, I think that is important because... Um, it's still taboo to talk about mental yeah. health and like, it, you know, that that's a symptom of bipolar delusions of grandeur. So it's kind of a funny name because, you know, we're a band formed in Nashville and recorded in Nashville. It was like, you know, everybody has a little bit of delusions of grandeur, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to be doing music. You have to have some level of like ego and stuff like that to be doing it. And it's also, I think, it, a, a good reference to like mental health. Yeah. It's like a little, little uh, double entendre there. Uh, yeah. I understand. Speaking of being in Nashville, uh, you've you've rubbed elbows and crossed paths with some pretty heavy hitters, uh, including yeah. Julie Miller. And could yeah. you speak about your influ- the influence of Julie on well the name of the band and in your connection, how that came about? Yeah, well, it was funny. I've always been a fan of Julie Miller. Like maybe I was a teenager. Um, when they came out with Written in Chalk. And then they had that, her and Buddy Miller had that song, uh, Gasoline and Matches on yeah. the show True Blood. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like that whole era was when I was like getting into, uh, I was really getting into like the Americana world and all the great music coming out. But anyways, yeah, we, um, I met Julie at uh, 
Bobby's Idol Hour, which is a little bar on Music Row. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, it's so funny because I had just been listening to, I was working with this engineer at the time who worked down the street, and we had just been listening to uh, the song Chalk. And um, literally like a few hours before, I stopped in this place and... Um, and I saw that Buddy Miller was in there, and I turned over to the person next to me, and I was like, is that Buddy Miller? And then, like, yeah, that's, that's my son-in-law. <laughs> like, oh. It turns out it was Julie, and her mom were there, and it's pretty cool. I got to meet her and talk to her. <laughs> totally fun and, like, totally wild, because because I had just been listening to um, that song, and, like, I was already a fan. So it was, like, really exciting for me at the time. Right. Very serendipitous, it sounds like, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And she kind of took you under her wing. Do I remember that? She she um she was very uh, supportive and um, encouraging about doing the music. Uh, we haven't spoken in a while, but things get busy and stuff. But she, yeah, she was very. She goes, "Oh, you moved to Nashville by yourself? Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. That's that's so cool. You know, it's very very encouraging." Awesome. And you know, went into I was asking her like, "How do you approach songwriting and stuff like that?" She. Mm-hmm. We talked for, you know, like about an hour that night and talked a few times on the phone. So, really cool person. Very cool. Uh, the other uh, big name that uh, I saw when I, and I've shared this story several times, uh, first listening to the album and, you know, just on my laptop, whatever. I do that with all that music. And I started listening to this as like, oh, oh, I got to put my headphones on for this. <laughs> and immediately was struck by the production. Uh, Ray yeah. Kennedy, uh, dude, has worked with Steve Earle, Lucinda Williams, <laughs> like all these huge names. How did you yeah. score Ray Kennedy? Yeah, well, Ray Ray's role in it was to mix, so he mixed the album. Okay, and so he we knew he was going to come on board uh, way before we even started recording, and it wasn't even originally supposed to be a full album. It was going to be another EP, and he was just going to mix it and stuff. But he did serve as, like, an unofficial advisor um, throughout the whole process. He was very hands-on and just he wanted to get the, the finished product as, as perfect as possible. And um, But, yeah, we, me and um, Tuan Haugen, who plays bass on it, and uh, Ryan Westover were all over at Ryan's house recording, and we all produced it together. And Tuan was really probably the biggest influence on how it sounded okay um, he he um came into the band early on before anybody else before lemmy and jules he was sort of in the band and i i knew i had to have it in my band because he was so he's big like funk influence mm-hmm. player and the tone that he has on the bass is so like low and you know it's got a lot of subtones um, he turns the mids way down and the treble up a little bit so it cuts through, but it's really deep sounding, you know, uh-huh. and he just grooves so hard. Like, he listens to a lot of different styles of music than me. Like, uh, one of his favorite albums is, uh, it's a Run DMC album. <laughs> I was asking <laughs> what, what his biggest influences are, and he was like, yeah, Run DMC is like a big one. And so that was like a big influence, I think, on how the whole thing turned out because he helped me pick Lemmy and Jules to play on it. Um, and we kind of, from there, just intuitively let everybody do their own thing. There was no telling people how to sound or what to do exactly. We just kind of like followed 
our intuition on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, I'm, I'm happy we did it that way. Oh, it's it just it's turned out magical, and uh, I, I, I didn't re- realize that the uh, own member of your band really had that strong of a hand in it, which is so so cool. And yeah. uh, and the making. So is that? Tell us about the broken things you mentioned. Um, their names and kind of repeat them again for my brain. Yeah, so it's Tuan Haugen on bass, and he was doing uh, harmony vocals. Okay. Uh, Lemmy Hayes on the drums and percussion, and Jules Belmont on guitar. Very nice. And will that be your tour? Is that your uh, regular touring band? Like if you go outside of Nashville? Um, I'd say it's kind of like it's depending on what they're able to do because they're they're they've got a lot of other projects they're working on too. Okay. So um, yeah, we're kind of going day by day with that and seeing what happens. I would like that to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I imagine so. Well, and I think you have had, so tell us about some of them recent gigs there around Nashville. Yeah, so we played, um, let's see, recently, where we played a really good show at the basement in Nashville. Um, That was a lot of fun. We have uh, Musicians Corner coming up that's in Centennial Park in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just got a few small things coming up uh, around here, and then this summer we have uh, Louisville and um, New York City going to play in Brooklyn, so that'll be fun. Wow, very cool. And uh, so it's it's there's not a uh, summer fall run or tour planned at this point. No, there's nothing really planned at the moment. I might be going out on a run with uh, my friend Nathan Kalish, and oh, okay. um, yeah, we're we're gonna do like a week thing with uh, Adrian and Meredith who. They're a great duo in town, so we might all, all four of us go out uh, for about a week, uh, do like a northeast run. But other than not, that, not not too much is planned. I'm just sort of um, uh, taking my time with it and figuring all the touring stuff out. <laughs> sure, it's a step one step at a time, huh? Yeah. Well, I do want to make sure that you you know you have a standing invitation to come to Lincoln. And, uh, I definitely want to get uh, out there. That would sure. mean, I would love, yeah, love that. Yeah, that would mean the world to us, and and uh, we'd guarantee a crowd and big fans already set in. Uh, yeah, so cool. Yes, <laughs> um, it would be to to see, and I've experienced that so many times. How great bands are, and then it just elevates it to catch them live. And uh, watching enough of your live performances, I, I know we'd catch that. And uh, also, if 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 you do find yourself in the area, we'd. Uh, open invitation to come in a studio that would be so awesome thank you so much Twyla I'm so there I'll be there (laughs) well I want to make sure folks know how to get a hold of you and follow you and uh, stay in touch your socials and such yeah um, I'm pretty much on Instagram that's probably the best way to get any updates or to reach me Um, yeah I'd say Instagram I'm on Facebook a little bit uh, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it much. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just Sophie and the Broken Things um, on Instagram is where you'll find me most of the time. Okay. Well, we yeah. would like to <clears throat> thank you again. Uh, this is Sophie of Sophie and the Broken Things on the Women's Show, our Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series, and Twyla Twang hanging out with Miss Sophie that I have been anxiously awaiting for. Uh, so <laughs> thanks again for for joining us today.